0: Hello, I'm Nathan Armstrong. And I'm Andrew Delvecchio. And this is your soccer survival guide. Andrew, if I was in the mood last week... Holy
1: shit, am I in a mood this week. <laughs> See, here's the thing. I like to start the show with like that personable thing where I say, like, how'd your week go and how'd my week go? Oh. I'm going to go first this week so that we can lead into what you want to do with how you felt about your week.
0: Well, coming up on this week, we have, of course, your survival tip number five. we We're recapping uh, some of the big games of the week. We have Ask Me Anything. Uh, but first, Andrew, go ahead.
1: I had a great week. Now, of course you Two did. Two NYCFC wins, Dortmund win, Napoli wins 5-0 over Club Bruges, 5-0 over Lazio, and the cream on top of everything. West Ham beats Man City at Man City. So I had a great week. I'll move
0: on. I'm on top of the world. How was your week, Nathan? To explain how my week was, uh, I have I have put together a little team that I like to call the All Douchebag Team. Ooh this boy. is. Uh, I have racked my brains for the biggest douchebags in the history of soccer, according to me. And the biggest douchebags that I can that I can think of. So this is a little preview, a little bit about what what we're going to be talking about today, and it pertains to douchebags. Costa, douchebags. Costa, tell uh, us how you really feel, Nathan. Uh, he's a douchebag. I believe we sang a song about that and everything. You sang a song about. Well, it. you know, uh, yeah. So I have put together my all douchebag seven v seven team. I think this this team would uh, would rival any others as far as the douchebags come. up. Come up with okay, and uh, we'll start with the goalkeeper. And just to show that I'm fair, I am a fair and equitable person. Yeah, okay, whatever you say. My biggest douchebag goalkeeper was Jens Lehmann, who was the Arsenal goalkeeper. He uh, for the Invincibles. He was he was a little crazy. Uh, he had he had a tendency to go wandering about. You never knew what the hell he was going to do, and he may just punch a player. Uh, so yeah, he was kind of a douchebag. I loved him to death, but he was kind of a douchebag. So I will put. Jens Lehmann, goalkeeper for Arsenal on my old douchebag team. I'm
1: going to throw this out here, and maybe it was only a couple games I saw last season. We had a really bad attitude out of Bobby Shuttleworth, the keeper for New England Revolution. Every time I saw him, I seemed to be like, dude, shut up. Uh, I know I didn't see enough. I don't watch New England Revolution that much, but something about that guy.
0: Now, uh, 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 defenders. I'm By the way, in my in my uh, 7v7, I'm playing a 2 2 2. Two defenders, two midfielders, and two forwards, so that the midfield has a chance to get overrun here. But that's alright because we have plenty of people who will uh, hack them down with flying leg kicks. Yep. Uh, of course, you have to start in defense with John Terry. Uh, he's a racist. He's a dirty player. Uh, he's actually he's gotten better over the over the last few years, but I don't think that can. That we can ignore his early career when he when he was making dirty challenges and being a racist on the field.
1: Well, you know, I'm I'm a big person on trying trying to give second chances. I mean, he's Chelsea, so right off the bat, I'm kind of like uh, okay, but um, he's 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 starting to come up on him because he's now slowing down. He's not as good as he was, so he can't get away with some stuff anymore. Yeah.
0: And he got benched for the Arsenal match. Yes, he did. Uh, sitting beside him, uh, a guy who has broken multiple legs. Uh, with dirty challenges, Ryan Shawcross. Ryan Shawcross. He plays for Stoke. City. Oh, I remember you getting real upset last year. Oh yes. Well, he um he he has he has broken at least two legs that I, that I can think of. So Ryan Shawcross uh, n- never uh, never afraid to put a dirty challenge in. As he's on my all douchebag team. Mm. Now in midfield, it's the guy I know that you don't like.
1: Uh yes, as U.S. men's national team,
0: uh, yeah. I I grew to dislike him there, and it's just continued. Right, he's always complaining and pouting. He's the tallest guy on the field, with or without the hair. He's got the pointiest elbows on the on the planet. Uh, Marion Fellaini from Manchester United also a
1: big complainer.
0: I'm not oh, big he's he's big such complainer. a big complainer, and he throw he throws bows like Carl Malone. Seriously, he's like his elbows are always flailing, catching mm-hmm. people. He broke uh, Francis Coughlin's nose. And then, knowing that his nose was broken, intentionally kept hitting him in the nose. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Marion Fellaini, uh, he's a he's a total total another douchebag. I'm
1: going to throw in, I forgot to say defense,
0: and it hurts me to say this
1: because I've watched him so long. Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, he, mm-hmm. I mean, like, th- there were plenty of defenders, like Carlos Puyol I could have tossed in there, Chiellini.
1: I'm, I'm going to put Chiellini on there because every time, I wear, every time I'm watching a game wearing my Italy jersey he makes me like embarrassed to wear it sometimes the oh, way he flops around he, so i'll throw him in there i'll throw him he's in there awful. he's not a bad defender he's a good defender no but the, the flop in one reverse. of the things
0: one of the things you'll notice about this team with the exception of a few of a couple of people these are all very good players yeah. Um, I think that's part of what you have to be to be a douchebag is to be a good player at least mm. have be a because if you're role. that if you're that
1: horrible to people and you're still at the top leagues you got to bring something right
0: yeah Ryan Shawcross is a is a decent defender uh, he plays for Stoke but he's probably he's one of their best players yeah uh, also playing for Stoke and one of their best players is Charlie Adam mm, yes he may be the ugliest man in the Premier League ah uh, uh, to uh. you. Well, to a lot of people, to each their own. Oh, sure, he's never shy for the dirty tactics, for the breaking of the legs, for the for the two-footed challenges, and for the bitching and moaning to the referee.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> listen, this is your this is all your douchebag team. I feel yeah. bad even putting names in at this point. Yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I don't know that you're going to disagree. Except for one, with, on. I don't know that you're going to disagree with these two, because the, the, my two forwards are Luis Suarez. Who likes to bite people? Yes, including aforementioned <laughs> Kiolini. <laughs> including Kialini. Uh, so who do you bite when he's with Liverpool? Uh, he brought uh, Baranislav Ivanovic. That's it. Which don't get me wrong, I I, I condone such activities. I don't th- I don't think you know injuring Chelsea players is that bad of an idea. Uh, although Ivanovic is one of the few I respect on that team. But yeah, you can't go around biting people with those horse chompers. Uh, and of course. The captain of our old douchebag team, Diego yeah. Costa. I, I try to be to to be nice, but I would give him the captain armband on this one. If there were any doubts this last weekend, completely and utterly assuaged those doubts.
1: <laughs> well, like I'll be honest, I get a text from you, and you're like, oh, Diego Costa," and I'm like, "Is it Diego Costa?" Because I love you to death, and take this with as much sugar as I can put on this. You sometimes Jose Mourinho, the Arsenal oh, Arsenal squad, mm-hmm. very rarely do I ever hear you say, oh, the other team did great. It's always like, oh, of course, Arsenal beat ourselves today, or this person was a jerk today. And I'm like, I'm sure to a certain point that's true, but part of me is always like, is it a little bit? And then I hear two guys getting sent off, and I, I see the video of Costa, I was like, okay, you know, that one was yep. 100% warranted.
0: <laughs> yes. So, Diego Costa, the captain of our douchebag team, and guess can you guess who the manager is?
1: jose oh, what do you think?
0: <laughs> because in my opinion he was even worse than costa on the day uh he was even worse than costa and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later with with our topics uh but but first and do you have any additions to the all douchebag team um
1: no i gotta say that i can't believe i'm saying this i'm forgiving suarez a little bit
0: i'm actually it's weird because
1: to me he's being the a-rod of uh of soccer where he's suddenly doing what he needs to be doing right now and he's suddenly riding the ship a little bit uh which doesn't mean you'll ever forgive what he did do and you wish that earlier in his career he would have figured it out but suarez is a little little softer on him right now but costa he's just the worst <laughs>
0: uh, i think the, the other thing is that like if you're playing in a team like barcelona and oh, sorry, I mispronounced it. Barcelona. Yeah. And you're playing well, and you're scoring goals, and the team is doing is doing well. You're more inclined to forgive them as opposed to teams if your team is struggling and such like that. Well, and that's I don't know
1: that that's right. That being said, though, I have no love for Barcelona. No. And honestly, I had a lot of hate for him because of the Italy Uruguay game that no. I watched. But uh, yeah, I guess if you're in a happy place and you're you're playing for the best squad in the world
0: you're probably going to be in a better disposition. Yeah. So there you go. Our all-douchebag team. And now, Andrew, we have come to our survival tip number five. Tip number five, figure out the offsize rule, and then bitch about the referees. It,
1: it's It's easy once you figure it out, I think. But uh, it's it's something you have to figure out because especially if you watch multiple sports. Offside is in every sport, and uh-huh. it's different in every sport.
0: Right in uh, hockey, there's a physical line. On yeah, the there's ground. actual lines in um, football. It's a
1: movement based thing rather yep. than
0: in football. It's weird. I mean
1: football americano.
0: Yes, yes, yes. In <laughs> um, uh, in baseball, there's no such thing. So
1: yeah, in baseball, yeah,
0: yeah. So There's foul, I guess that's the closest thing to off-signs. So, so the rule is, the basic rule, is you have to be behind the last defender. So you cannot, there has to be a defender between you and the goal when the ball is played to you. Mm-hmm. So if I'm passing the ball to you, okay, and there's a defender and you're, there's a defender who's in front of you and I pass the ball in like, and you're going in on goal, mm-hmm. that's good. But if I pass the ball to you and you've already gone beyond the defender, then you're offside and that no longer...
1: It's very much set up like in, if you watch hockey at all, you mm-hmm. have to stay within certain zones so that someone can't just stand by the goal That's right. the entire game and you just
0: mm-hmm. cough it up to them so that the game has to move all together. Mm-hmm. So. so what you do, if you look at the overhead cam or something like that, you can always see where that last defender is. All right, and so uh, so you can see that all the offensive players are usually behind that last defender or in front of, depending on your perspective, mm-hmm. right? Where it gets a little bit tricky is it's not when you receive the ball, it's when the ball is played to you. Yes. Okay, so you can start your run, and they can make a 40-yard pass, okay, way behind the defenders, and as long as once once he contacts the ball, you're, you're there's a defender in front of you, you're all good. That's when they're talking about timing, whatnot mm-hmm. with the strikers and yeah. whatnot. Now there are three sort of exceptions to this rule. The first is if the person with the ball is beyond the last defender, all you have to do is be behind the ball. Okay? Mm-hmm. So if you've got a if you've got a breakaway, there's two on nil or or you you just have the keeper to beat, you don't have to run back and make sure a defender is like in front of you yeah. to try to get the get the, the pass ball's it. already past the defense. the ball's already past it, so you just cannot get in front of the ball, you just have to stay behind the ball. Yeah. The second exception is the offside rule starts at the halfway line. So um, if you're if you're on the halfway line, you're never offsides. Okay. So it doesn't matter if all the defenders are pushed up in the box for let's mm-hmm. say a corner at the very end of the game. You can hang back. You can you can hang back, and which and you'll almost, see a lot. You'll
1: see one yeah. one striker hang back near that halfway yeah. line. Yeah.
0: Which uh, so they can they can just lump the ball ahead to you, and mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. The the third exception to the rule is on a throw-in. There's no offsides on the throw-in. So it doesn't matter where the defenders are, you can throw the ball to anyone you want. They can be, they can be on the end line, and you're still, you're still onside. So that's the offsides rule. There was a change this year in the offsides rule. It used to be that you had to actually play the ball to be offside. So even if you were in an offside position, as long as you didn't play the ball... You were fine. Uh, someone else plays plays the ball, mm-hmm. and the play can go on. It's not called offside. This year, it's if you impact the player at, at all. So if you don't, even if you don't play the ball, but if you're there or there's a threat of you playing the ball, then they'll still call that offsides. Yeah. Which we've seen a couple of we've seen a couple of times already. There was a goal disallowed at the beginning uh, beginning of the season because a player was in an offside position and screened the goalie a little bit, even yeah. though he didn't play the ball he impacted the play and therefore... Well, having someone there it.
1: will always have a keep pull a keeper's eye or, an, or attention or something like that. So technically, I understand both sides of it. I understand he didn't touch it, but also I understand that uh, I played goalie. You played keeper in, mm-hmm. in um, soccer and I played goalie in hockey. And just having someone there changes how attentive you are and where your uh, point of view is. Right. So so
0: the second part of the rule is now you have to get angry at the arrest when they screw it up because yeah. they screw it up all the time. And it's really annoying. Uh, they are human. They oh, are no. human, and it's not easy to see in real time. And sometimes when we're looking at it, it's like by the finest of margins. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes they get it pretty badly wrong. And a linesman's job is just that: he stands with the back, he stands on the on the back line, the last man, and he pretty much just looks for offside. That's his first priority. So the fact that they can get things really wrong sometimes is frustrating
1: yes and
0: uh there is a debate of bringing uh, review into that mm-hmm. so. yes so there you go survival tip number five learn the off rule and then get angry at the rest when they screw and it get up get angry about when stuff happens yeah so now andrew we get into this week's action and we have to start we we've alluded to it chelsea 2 arsenal nil i am not objective on this you are objective yes Tell me what you saw, and then I will explain. Um, Okay, so it
1: wasn't a terrible match
0: to begin with. To start off, no. For Uh, the first 40 minutes, it was pretty even. Yeah. Chelsea were a little on top, but you expect that at home. Arsenal were defending well. There weren't really many chances either way. And then suddenly it turned into a second grade game of soccer. Right.
1: Uh, We had Diego Costa scratching, we had Diego Costa slapping. We had that ridiculous whole, like, I'm your friend slap on the back, and then he's like, I'm your friend slap on the chest, and they start getting really mad at each other again. Uh, it ended with uh, a little bit of a debatable whether it was a little bit of a kick kickout. Uh, Gabriel onto Costa, and uh, the red card
0: goes to Gabriel. But Costa doesn't get a red card. Right. So let's back up all the way through Diego through Diego Costa, a timeline of Diego Costa in, in this game. In the third minute... He gets that's the third minute of 90. <laughs> yeah, third minute of 90. He gets fouled by Francis Coughlin. It's not a very hard foul, it's not stopping play, it's a foul. Um, but he goes over like he's shot. Then, while he's lying on the ground, he does the thing I hate, I hate, I hate. He looks for the ref, he looks for the ref and waves the imaginary card. And Ugh. in my opinion, that should be a booking right there. I like, hate once, that. once you do that, if you're if you're asking for a card dish a card should be shown and it should be shown to you. So he's he's doing that and he's bitching and moaning. Third minute. Okay. Moving on. The game the game progresses a little bit. Uh Santi Gazorla gets a, gets a yellow card for a for a foul that was pretty soft, but whatever. And then the fortieth minute or so happens. And in the fortieth minute there's a ball that's played in towards Diego Costa. Lauren Koscielny is physical in shuttling him out. Diego Costa then puts his hands on the face of Laurent Koscielny to to push him away. When he does push him away, Diego Costa swings his arms at him, scratches him and tries and tries to hit him in the face. Laurent Koscielny goes down. Diego Costa stands stands over him. Laurent Koscielny gets up and Diego Costa then chest bumps him back down to the ground. At this point, Gabriel jumps in, jumps in to stand up for to stand up for his teammate. They the two bitch and moan and and yell at each other in Portuguese. Nacho Monreal, this is this is part I I missed initially. Nacho Monreal comes over to try to be a translator because obviously the referee doesn't speak Portuguese. Yeah. So he tries to be a translator, the referee sends him away. The referee sends him away, says he'll deal with it, talking to Gabrielle who doesn't speak any English. So God knows what the hell's happening. Yeah. They both get a yellow card, which at this point in time is a little ridiculous that no one saw all of the Diego Costa antics. Yeah. They start they start moving back towards the center circle. The referee does not separate them at all. Nothing. No one gets away from each other. Diego Costa intentionally s- steps up to the back of him, makes sure that he bumps into Gabriel, who then lifts his foot, which somehow miraculously is seen by someone, and it gets a straight red at that point in time. I'm going to say this. This is my opinion.
1: Mm-hmm. The bad guy is Diego Costa. Yes. Both sides are to blame. Mm-hmm. I think it was... Obviously, we're human. We're going to let stuff like that get to us. hmm But uh, I'm sorry. I'm blanking on the name. The, the guy got his face scratched. Not Gabriel. Laurent Koscielny. Koscielny. He let it go, pretty much. Yeah. He did what he should have done. He uh-huh. do- He should have done exactly that. And Gabriel, I get that he was coming. He was coming to defend his teammate. But he got sent off. Yep. There's a saying my mom used to tell me when we used to watch uh, the Jets play. It's always the second person who throws the punch who gets the foul. Right. So that's because once the clamor is happening, that's when the referee's looking at you. If they would have just ignored Diego Costa to a certain extent, there wouldn't have been a red card and Diego Costa still would have gotten a three game ban. Yeah. They would have reviewed it and it would have all gone Arsenal's way. It was a poor choice and it kind of leaves more egg on Gabriel's face than should have been there.
0: That is correct. Gabriel. Uh, I don't actually disagree with the sending off of Gabrielle, even though by the way, that got rescinded yesterday.
1: It did, um, which I don't I'm not sure if I agree with.
0: I think he probably should have been sent off. There was way too much action there. and the lifting of the foot while he didn't even contact him, you, you you can't do. He let himself get riled up by Diego Costa, and that is something you can't do. Yeah, okay. So I I agree that he is at fault. The three people I have the most issue with, one of them is not actually Diego Costa. I mean, he is one of the people I have an issue with, obviously, because he's a total douchebag and an asshole and very calculated in doing this, but... It's part of his game plan. If, A, the referee allows him to do this and misses the punching in the face, the four referees miss slapping in the face and all of that stuff, uh, but see a microscopic heel flick, and then does not separate them, takes ever to try to, to try to get the game going, allowing them all the time to stay with each other and doesn't enforce doesn't enforce the, the rules of the game at the time. There's a lot of that on the referee See, for I, game management. I will defend the referee. The one I have the biggest issue with is Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho, in his post-game match, called Diego Costa the man of the match. Oh, yeah, he did. Uh, yes, he did. And he said he did exactly what he was supposed to do. And he
1: fills stadiums. Right. And that's why we have millions of TVs with this game. Right. This
0: gets to the bigger heart of the issue. Diego Costa is going to do as much as they allow him to do. I I hate to make this analogy, but if you're going to uh, unleash a tiger onto a flock of sheep, the tiger's going to eat some sheep unless there's someone there to stop the tiger to do it. Yeah. Okay? Jose Mourinho is the one who not only unleashes the tiger, he starves him before he puts him out there to make sure he's super, super hungry. Uh, By his comments, you can tell that his message was do anything you have to to win. And that has always been his message. And that, I think, is hurting the game of football, especially with the disingenuous uh, press conferences afterwards, uh, trying to somehow say that it wasn't dirty play on his Uh, part. I'll leave it at this. As a manager, in some ways,
1: he's supposed to defend his players. So he did that, but he did it in the Jose Mourinho way. Right. Um, Do I think that he needed to throw Diego Costa under the bus? No. But do I think he needed to put him on a pedestal? Mm -hmm. No. I think it boils down to very much also not just unleashing him, but it's almost like a parent and a child in this situation, where if you're the child, Diego Costa, and you look at how your parent, your dad, the guy who's supposed to be running the world for you, is acting day in and day out, not going to temper what he's doing. So... I guess that's how I feel about it.
0: Okay, we have to move on. Yeah. yeah. We have to move on. We'll be coming
1: everyone else.
0: Needless to say, after 40 minutes, the game was over, essentially. In as much as we can take anything from that match. Mm-hmm. Chelsea accomplished their goal. They got the three points. The retroactive ban doesn't, doesn't really hurt them because he's missing a Capital One Cup match and whatever. Yes. Uh, and Arsenal get some consolation, but they ultimately... Lose three points Yeah At the end of the day Chelsea got the three points Right And who Still knows Just sitting in 15th though Who knows what would have happened Had the match gone on um, It's not like either team Were really looking like They were yeah. going to score Or whatever So it could have gone either way They could have ended up winning anyway
1: With the way those teams Two teams were playing Obviously right. the, the team With two extra
0: guys Is going to win by two goals yes. so. so Southampton two Manchester United three I, I don't think the result Is particularly exciting uh, But I think they're making A bigger deal out of it Because Because Martial scores two goals. He now has three goals. But you mean new Thierry Henry, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. The Th- new, yeah. 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 We might as course. well just call him Thierry Right, right. yeah, yeah. Uh, Th2 uh, scores scores two goals to secure all three points for Manchester United. They were good goals again. Again, it was some suspect defending. But um, at this point in time, obviously he's worth it. All, all
1: jokes aside, though, the price on that kid's head when from when he came over... Wasn't his fault. No, and a lot of people put a lot of weight on his shoulders that maybe wasn't justified because he's not the one who agreed to how much they were buying him for. That being said, he took all that press and he took all that weight, and he's been playing pretty good since. Oh yeah, and I mean,
0: it that's impressive for a 19 year old kid to come into Manchester United and to, straight into the lineup and to and to score the way he's been scoring. Score that's what, three goals in what uh, maybe 100, 100, minutes, 100 minutes of, 100 of minutes. soccer, like. Yeah. That's that's impressive. The only whether person or not,
1: better than that is Lewandowski. Whether <laughs> and
0: whether or not, whether or not uh, that will continue, we shall see. But it's it's an impressive start, and if they have found a striker to pair with Wayne Rooney, so they don't have to play uh, all Rooney, douchebag team yeah. Marion Fellaini up there, then uh, then that, that changes the complexion for this
1: Manchester United team. And and it's it's for the first time in what feels like a long time, an upswing and a good move by Manchester United. Yeah. It may be too soon to say, but he's been handling the pressure well.
0: And to be honest, they're printing money, so they don't care.
1: Yeah, uh, We say it's a lot of money, but Manu's like, oh, that
0: sucks. All right, Andrew. Yeah! Manchester City 1, West Ham 2. The streak of beating good teams on the road and, and losing to crappy teams at home. Because yesterday, I
1: mean, it was a road game, but yesterday they got knocked out of the Capital One Cup by Leicester. Leicester,
0: <laughs> uh, who's topping the table, so...
1: Um, so... West Ham go in. It didn't look like West Ham was like, all right, we came in here and we dominated. Uh it was no, clear they you're going into the Eddie hat. No one's gonna dominate. It was clear that but West Ham, a lot of people aren't gonna say this. West Ham just outplayed Man City. Uh the second goal was so heads up, we need to get this. It wasn't like a gorgeous goal. It was this needs to happen. And then they're back four and Adrian, there were some scares there and they delivered. They they spent a whole half in Manchester City, and blocked it back. Now what I don't get is, how the hell do you beat Liverpool on the road, Arsenal on the road, Man City on the road, and lose to Bournemouth at home, lose to Leicester at home, and lose to Leicester on the road? I just, they're so inconsistent and infuriating, but um, I think it's because, honestly, I think West Ham right now has the idea of like, okay, this is a game where we can win. And then they have the idea when they go to the big boys of, we need to fight for this. And I think that West Ham needs that view the entire time, because they could be a dangerous team then. Um, Man City, though, I don't think they're going to play well from behind. They haven't had to all season until against Juventus in Champions League, They had, or until West Ham in league play, and I don't think they play well from behind. I think there's a sense of panic rather than a sense of, uh, we got this.
0: A couple of things. Uh, I, I'll start talking about West Ham
1: to appease you. <laughs> uh,
0: or because we should talk about right. more
1: teams in the top five.
0: Yeah. I think one of the reasons that they do better against the big teams is that this is a team that is set up to counterattack. They defend well deep, and then they counterattack with pace up top. Yeah. And when they can set up to do that, and give your manager credit, he has come into these big teams with four very different game plans and mm-hmm. executed them all very well. And. And right now he's looking like you know the manager of the year. He can keep it up because because of the results he's getting against these big teams. But I think it's a team that that works better when they when they get to counter when teams are coming at them and they mm-hmm. get to counter. You've got Payette. payette has been a great signing. Oh, you know, yeah. payette has been great. And Moses was Victor very, Moses has good looked reju- rejuvenated. But those are players with pace that, that work well in space. So when they invite the teams onto them. They're back four, and Adrian, who's been the goalkeeper of the year so far. Oh Adrian,
1: even missing three matches. Right.
0: He's, been, he's been beasting. When they invite them on, then they can counter counter well. Against the quote unquote lower side teams at home, when they set up, they're not a team that plays well in possession. I don't think that I don't think that they're set up to do that. I don't think that that's their that's their forte. And so at home against the lesser teams, when they have more possession and have to create out of that. They find themselves open, more open at the back, and they and they find themselves having more difficulty creating. So that's, I think, on some level, it makes sense why they are having finding success against the better teams. That nice. said, I think this is just a blip in the radar for uh, for Man City. I think they'll play it. They had they had some injuries. They had a tough. It's not easy to play a midweek Champions League match and then come back on the weekend. It's not easy to do that. And West Ham had the advantage of getting to rest during the midweek mm-hmm. and and focus all their attention on on uh, Man City. So I think it's I think it's a blip in the radar. I still think Man City is the best team in the league. I think they're winning the league. Well, I think very much also
1: what Man City can say positive about them is the other two wins was very much uh, taking advantage of mistakes. Right. Arsenal and Liverpool. Uh, West Ham just came out they. They didn't lose to a West Ham. They're just like, if we just made that one say, uh, they lost to a West Ham. that came out and fought them. Okay. So I think that they were like, we weren't, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, do we have problems or are we going to fall apart? I think that they're going to be fine. I yeah. agree with you.
0: Yeah, they're going to be fine. And Kevin De Bruyne looks good. He awesome. looks he, he looks very dangerous. Yes, he does. Um, I wasn't sure how he was going to fit into this Man City team. And the, the answer is he fits all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> They can put him wherever they want, and he and he looks very dangerous. And when he and Silva get to play together, that's terrifying. Um, Don't forget, their best Man City's best player has been out the last few games, so David Silva. Yeah. So when he comes back, that is a scary, scary going to be a dangerous
1: run. I want to give a little love real quick because I'm big on I like talking about the lower table teams. Uh Um, A little love to Norwich City, who got a draw out of Liverpool. I know Liverpool's not their best, but not just a draw of Liverpool. A awesome goal from Russell Martin, like the day his kid was born. Nice. It was beautiful. It was a great story. I know it's a draw, but a draw for Norwich with Liverpool. Yeah.
0: Good for them. Hey, any points those bottom teams can take? Those are big points because it's a race to forty. Yep. One more game we need to talk about. Yeah, I watched this one. It was a midweek game uh, that was did not between, go the way I wanted it to. Between t- you can probably argue the top two teams at least from last year. Uh, from Bundesliga. last year, yes. yes. <laughs> Bayern Munich and Wolfsburg, and at the half, Wolfsburg were doing well. It they was, should they have were, been up 2-0. They were up 1-0, and then they made a halftime substitution, Bayern did, and they brought in this uh, this unknown character named Robert Lewandowski. Forbred. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what happened, Andrew?
1: In nine minutes. Nine minutes. In nine minutes, Lewandowski scores five goals. <laughs>
0: This is not against some scrub team. This is against Wolfsburg. Wolfsburg.
1: This would be essentially, what would you say, like someone on Manchester United scoring five goals against someone on Manchester City. Yeah. Or like, yeah, or
0: Liverpool. Maybe or, Liverpool. Know. Yeah. Maybe
1: Liverpool's yeah. a better one. But like, this wasn't relegation level right. team. Right. They're not
0: playing Charlton Athletic. They're not playing, you know, Eintracht Frankfurt. This
1: is a team that's also in the Champions League with them.
0: Yeah. So, there's not too much else to say. Robert Lewandowski is a beast. Byron- His hat j- Just to break it down a little bit
1: more, five goals, nine minutes. His hat trick, four, yeah. four minutes. Four minutes. And he finished the five goals with a scissor kick. Yeah.
0: That's um, that barely enough time to pick the ball out of the net and put it back in the center circle <laughs> before they score.
1: He If he would have scored, that averages out to 50 goals in the entire game. <laughs> if he would have kept that pace up and been in for 90 minutes, that's 50 <laughs> goals. <laughs> That's a that's a, that's two and a half good seasons. <laughs> Holy crap! And so. he looked like he just while I saw and I remember because I I'll be honest I was pulling for Wolfsburg because mm-hmm. I want whatever points taken away from uh, Bayern Munich as I can. He just made it look he, like it was goal goal. Yeah. I'm like, is this a replay? No, it's another goal. Right.
0: And give all credit to his supporting cast. I mean, yes. he got a great service. They were they were fluid and open and carving carving open Wolfsburg in the oh, yeah. second half. Like it it wasn't just him going on four players. It was him getting the ball in good positions mm-hmm. and finishing, which is something that, as an Arsenal fan, I envy because Arsenal gets the ball in good positions and doesn't finish. Yeah. Well,
1: I also will give him, uh, Lewandowski, uh, a big gold star because after his five goals, there were a couple times where he was in front of it where he could have taken a shot, maybe okay. not a great shot, but he kept sending it to, like, Thomas Müller and whatnot. Yeah. And it, was, it was very much... He wasn't like, give me more. Right. He was like, okay, let's spread it out a little bit. Sure.
0: That brings up the question. Now you have Ronaldo and Messi as 1 and 1A in the world. Mm-hmm. You can order them however you like, but everyone acknowledges they're the two best players in the world. Who's number three? Because is Lewandowski now in that conversation? Is Neymar? Is Suarez? Uh, I would
1: say all of them, yes, but I would actually put Thomas Muller up there. Thomas Muller? I would put him as number three. Okay, He, he just seems to make stuff happen. And he is consistent with how good he is. Like, I expect a certain amount out of him, and there isn't a lot of hills and valleys out of that, I feel.
0: So I would put him in that conversation as well. That's just, you um, know, it's a topic for maybe another time, but... I, I don't know if I have anyone in the Premier League up there. No. I don't think... I mean, the only one you could say from last year, Aiden Hazard, and he is not looking he good this year. nowhere near he where he was dipped last in year. in form this year. So Sergio Aguero, I guess, you can put up there too. Mm-hmm. But uh, But I don't think he's on that level yet. Yeah. All right, Andrew. We've come to my favorite segment. Andrew, ask me anything.
1: I have three questions here for you. Three. Three questions here for you. The first one is, with no backhand, with complete sincerity, I want three nice things about Diego Costa. What are a hell three, of a beard. What are three nice things? It's a hell of a beard. Nah, I'm not accepting that one. I'm throwing that one out.
0: <laughs> Diego Costa the okay. player. I will say this. Diego Costa... Skill-wise, he's very skillful, especially for a big man. But he he finishes well. He's very skillful. He hasn't mm. necessarily shown it this year, but you put him in good positions, and he is uh, he's a very skillful finisher, uh, danger a dangerous player. Number two, he brings a physicality to the center forward position that that a lot of teams lack. Now it goes over the edge a lot, but when he's playing within himself, that um, that physicality really adds an advantage to a team. I would love a, on Arsenal, I'd love a list Diego Costa, right? Um, That's what we hope Olivier Giroud would become somehow, is to impose his physical presence on the game, and he hasn't as such. Mm -hmm. So that physicality, it plays both ways, but when he doesn't go over the edge, it provides a major advantage in both hold-up play and putting other teams under pressure. Okay, there's two. And he's got a great beard.
1: Let's see if you can get something besides the beard. If you could see the face that Nathan's making right now.
0: I don't know. Okay, he can score with both his head and his feet.
1: Very. There we go. I'll accept that as number three. Okay, Perfect. there we go. All right, so I feel like you're not going to have much frame of reference for this next one. All right. But all these questions are to challenge you a little bit.
0: Andrew, ask me anything.
1: Who wins the U.S. Open this week? The Philadelphia Union.
0: Oh, I thought you were talking about tennis. Sporting sporting Kansas, Kansas City.
1: <laughs> the U.S. Open Cup. Uh-huh. The Lamar Hunt Trophy. Yep. Yeah. Philadelphia Union or Sporting Kansas City. Sporting Kansas
0: City. Why? Uh I feel like they've been the better side for longer. They have um, Dom Dwyer. They do. Uni- Look Look I was just at that. Gonna
1: say University of South Florida player. They have Dom, Dom Dwyer. That's why I'm going for it. They have
0: Dom Dwyer, who uh, has also who has a soccer wife, so yes, that's cool. They also have
1: a US men's national team player.
0: Who do they have? They have they have uh, Graham Zuzzi. Yes, they do. <laughs> they have Graham Zuzzi, who I like. Uh, he Graham Zuzzi is a um, player that divides opinion somewhat, yeah. um, and because he doesn't really have a position in our current in the US's current setup, uh, but I I like him. I think he creates things that other players don't. Uh, he provides width. He um, he is decent one on one and can provide good service into the box.
1: He was taking a lot of our corners at
0: the yeah. at the World Cup and he was doing a good job of yeah. it. So, um so I like him. The problem with him is he's a sort of a defensive liability. Mm-hmm. Especially if they tried to they tried to experiment him when we were playing three at the back as that left wing back role doesn't really work with him. But uh, I feel like we have a lot of defensive liability in general mm-hmm. in the US men's national team. Uh but Philadelphia, they have uh um yeah. So that's why I'm exactly boom, China. there you go. There you go. <laughs> uh that's why you're going for Kansas City. Which leads
1: me into my next kind of question Uh-huh. Andrew uh, or ask me anything proposition almost mm. um, I Andrew's say propositioning if you had to pick a team in the following leagues and I'll have to answer the last one with you okay I want you to, to broaden your horizon sure on soccer a little bit not on the rules you're very good with tactics I get that but on watching other teams in other leagues okay. force you to watch the other leagues sure you have to pick an MLS team to start paying attention to who is it LA Galaxy LA Galaxy boom so LA now is Nathan's team sure Nathan will try to pay more attention to the LA Galaxy, Mm -hmm. which will be easy, because they're great. Siri, ah, You Uh, have to pick a team to pay more attention to.
0: I will say AS Roma.
1: AS Roma. I like that. I like that idea. No idea why I just picked them, because they're not I was kind of hoping you'd pick one of my teams, (laughs) just so so we could watch something together, but I'll accept AS Roma.
0: You know I I was never going to do that. Yeah, because you're an asshole. Um, (laughs) Bundesliga. Uh, Bayern Munich. Uh, Really? Well, I, yes, I've been a Bayern Munich fan for a while. Not, I mean, they're the team I followed since I saw them in 2001 play. So.
1: Okay, I'll, I'll give you that. So, uh, La Liga. If you had to pick a La
0: Liga team to start watching. Okay, this
1: is difficult. This is hard for me.
0: Um, well, because I have historically had a team that I follow. You may or may not know, my favorite player of all time is Zendadine Zidane. I had no idea. He was my... he. he I loved Zendidine Sedan from the French national team. Um, and so when he went to uh, Real Madrid, I sh- started following them and started liking watching Real Madrid. And back in those days, even the Galacticos days, I loved watching the way they played. So I have historically followed Real Madrid. In the three games a year I watch La Liga, when mm-hmm. Real plays Barcelona, um, sorry, Barcelona. Mm-hmm. I I have watched Real Madrid. That being said, I... Can't really stand them. I don't really like Cristiano Ronaldo, and uh, and they're tough to watch for me these days. So historically, it's not that easy for me to...
1: Here, here's what you got to do. I want you to give me four teams
0: mm-hmm. that
1: you will look into this week. And sure. when you come back, you'll have a Le- La Liga team next. Week. And I'll give you four teams I'll look into, and I'll pick one. Not
0: a problem. I can do that. I can do this. I can do this really fast, actually. Cool. Uh, Sevilla, Valencia, Villarreal, and
1: Atlético Bilbao. Oh really? Me and you only have one that we're gonna look at at the same time. My front runner is Valencia.
0: Okay. I they um the games I've seen of them they play really nice football and historically they're that in that second tier of team. Um, but they do play pretty football and they actually come out and try to play. So I like watching them. Atleti is up there for me Ugh.
1: because they 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 compete, but they're not like one of those guys. Yeah,
0: I think when you first start when you start watching them, I've actually seen them play quite a bunch. You're not gonna like the style of play. They are They're very Mourinho-esque They sit back And they try to beat The shit out of teams And then they You know And uh, Diego Costa Comes from Atleti Yeah he does uh, And it's very much That style of play So Diego Simeone Is like mourinho light.
1: I would say uh, Real Madrid I would look into Just mm-hmm. because I actually really like Christian Bale Christian I keep saying that Batman I keep saying that I'm Batman Ah, well, you know what I mean. I, Gareth Bale, I like Gareth Bale.
0: Okay, I keep saying that. Damn it. Um, but I like him much more than these. Like that these on Real.
1: Yes, and uh, hipster pick just because I spend a, a lot of time on them on my FIFA game. Espanol. Ah, Espanol. Espanol. But honestly, I'm I lean I'm leaning towards Valencia. Okay, as a team, I, I so I can like. So there, I, I'm so in the major leagues. To... There's a team to watch sure. in the leagues. It keeps me invested in it. Okay. So, but you'll look into Sevilla, Valencia, Villarreal, and Bilbao. Sure. Cool. So,
0: so, those were my questions. All right, Andrew, I have a question. Oh boy, I have a question. It was actually, it was actually asked to me earlier in the week. It was asked to you. It was asked to me earlier in the week that as something that we could talk about here. So, Andrew, if you mm-hmm. could mm-hmm. have on your team mm-hmm. Diego Costa knowing that he's going to get set off three times. So regardless of it, if he actually is, you have to deal with all of Diego Costanis or Emmanuel Adebayor, who has scored 20 goals in the Premier League in a season and been very good, but is also crazy. Who would it be? Who would you Who would you pick? Adebayor. Emmanuel Adebayor. Hands down.
1: Strictly on the fact that I, it's hard for me to get my personality out of how I feel about things, I wouldn't want Diego Costanis on my squad. I think he's... Uh, a bad influence. I wouldn't want my fans to be cheering for that. I wouldn't want my team to be supporting that. I wouldn't want to support that. So
0: that's my final answer. Diego Costa. I no! Mean, <laughs> Emmanuel Adebayor. There you go. There you go. Um, what about you? The reason it was asked to me because that's a really tough one because I can't stand either player. Yeah. Um, I would actually probably have Adebayor back. Um, but there's there's a there's a temptation to get Diego Costa in there and just say, screw it. Like Everyone else is doing the shitty thing to win titles. Why don't we...
1: Yeah. So, you know what?
0: I'm changing my mind. I'll, t- I'll take Diego Costa. Ew. I'll take him and hate that I have him and just, yeah. It's like angry sex. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll hate fuck the league with Diego Costa. Oh, boy. <laughs>
1: I was trying to avoid that term.
0: Eh, <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, so this episode is being brought to you by Hate-Fucking-Diego Costa. Wow, uh,
1: and bananas, because Andrew says get more potassium.
0: Yeah, all right, we're going to hate-fuck-Diego Costa with bananas. Nope, stop that. (laughs) All right, Andrew, if they want to get a a hold of us, they can catch us on Twitter. Uh, I am at StrongActing. And I am at AndrewJDV. All right, send us your Twitter comments and all that fun stuff. Uh, We're going live on iTunes this week. Oh, really? Yeah. Sweet. Uh-huh. So, uh, so catch us this week on iTunes. Leave us a comment or a review or all those good things that help us get up the list.
1: Make us feel nice. Mm-hmm.
0: If you like the show, uh, like it on social media and all that good stuff. If you didn't like the show, like it anyway because, hey, we're starving actors here in New York. Uh, help, so, help, help someone out. Yeah. So, Andrew, thank you for talking to me today. Thanks for having me over. All right. Uh, and until next week, this is your soccer survival guide. Bye. Douchebag, douchebag, douchebag team Now Bum, John Bum, Terry's Bum, in the fence back, With Ryan Shaw Bum, 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 cross-breaking Bum, legs John Slamans in gold for our douchebag team Now, now Charlie now, Bum, Adam Bum, is there back, And Bernaney with his hair Swear he's fine people on our douchebag team Now with the armband of horses Diego on his high horse Costa is the leader of a douchebag team